Hey everyone, welcome to Seen That, the podcast where we talk about cult and classic movies we haven't seen until now. In this week's episode, we're discussing The Color Purple and why Haley, hi everyone, hasn't seen that and much more. Hope you all enjoy. So as some of you may know because either you're my friend or you are an avid listener of this podcast. <laughs> I mentioned last week that I am moving and I am less than a week away from that now. So I'm a little bit frazzled. Um, I'm currently living out of boxes. And um, yeah, I uh, it's definitely been on my mind. And so I'm a little bit kind of everywhere right now. And so thank you, Haley, for a letting us go sort of off our usual recording time and adapt to my schedule. Much appreciated. And no also just problem. letting me be my crazy self because I'm definitely not my normal self. <laughs> At least I haven't been recently. You're your normal self, but I can sense the anxieties, the like stress. <laughs> but that's okay. That comes with moving. I mean, this just shows you guys. I mean, I know you can't see it, but the only thing that I can see in Avril's room right now is the microphone for this podcast and like a lamp without a lampshade. Like there's literally nothing <laughs> like in her room other than stuff for this podcast. So that to me shows dedication. And um, yeah, so I just applaud that and I hope everyone else does as well. But I think you need to like once, I don't know if you want to do it before your move, maybe that's too hectic, but definitely like once you get moved in, get like some scented candles, get like lavender, you know, Ooh, bath yes. bombs or something mm. and just like relax, you know, you need like a, that is like a, like a sound bath or something or like, <laughs> a... <laughs> no, I completely agree with you on that and love scented candles just in general. Also love the scent of lavender, which yes. thanks for mentioning that because today we're talking about oh the color purple. Great segue. Oh my God. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> um, if you take nothing away from this podcast, uh, take away that we are great at segues. Yeah. We're the masters. <laughs> so yes, as stated before, we're talking about the color purple and some quick facts about that movie. It came out in 1985. It was directed by Steven Spielberg. It was produced by Kathleen Kennedy, Frank Marshall, Steven Spielberg as well, and Quincy Jones. The screenplay was by Menno Maiez, or Maiez. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. It's based off of the book, The Color Purple, by Alice Walker. Mm -hmm. And it stars Danny Glover, Adolf Caesar, Oprah Winfrey, Margaret Avery, Ray Don Chung, and Whoopi Goldberg. It had a budget of $15 million and it made $142 million. So, big success. Yeah. I'm surprised that on that list, Whoopi is, like, last. Because I was looking on IMDb, too, and, like, she's not the first one listed. Yeah. Which is, like, Why? I yeah I thought about rearranging the order of the actors because I also looked on like Wikipedia and other yeah. places and like Danny Glover's like the top build actor and I think even in the credits you see him as the first actor build May or maybe it's Oprah Winfrey actually but like oh. Whoopi does not get well I guess first he billing. technically appears first right before Whoopi's like, yeah before Whoopi as uh Seely yeah um, I think that might be why. 
But still. Also, this was her first movie role. Really? It says introduce. Yes, it's introducing Whoopi Goldberg in the credits. Oh my god! Well, I want to yeah. talk so much about that, but yeah, that's um, good. Good for her. All, all I'm going to say about that <laughs> so maybe, at the moment. <laughs> we'll get into it. Yeah. So maybe that's why. And then a quick summary. A black Southern woman struggles to find her identity after suffering abuse from her father and others over four decades. And you can stream this on HBO Max, Hulu Premium, TNT if you have cable, <laughs> mm-hmm. and a bunch of other places. You'll probably pay like, you know, three ninety nine because always do HD. Don't do SH. Don't do or don't do standard. Do always do high def. Yeah, don't. Um, yeah. But it's basically, it's basically available everywhere, so not hard to find, and it shouldn't be because this is, I think, as we're going to talk about, an important and uh, good movie. So, mm-hmm. this movie has, as I just stated, been around for over three decades. It's based off of an award-winning book. I think The Color Purple by Alice Walker won, like the Pulitzer Prize. Yeah. For literature and um, like National Book Review. It, it got some high awards, plural, there. Mm-hmm. It is heavily and highly regarded. This movie also has an all-star cast and crew. Yeah. Top billing of, of actors and, and um, directors, whatnot. Plus, it was nominated for 11 Academy Awards. I don't That's think it amazing. won any, though. Oh. I know. I don't, but it didn't win any. But it was nominated for a ton. Wow. Yeah. How did it not win any? That I can't answer. <laughs> I only know so much, Haley. I know, I know. You're not part of the Academy, I know. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I was, because I'm just like, what are you thinking? I know. With uh, their decisions, but maybe someday. <laughs> so knowing all of that, why, Haley? Hadn't you seen that? Yeah, this one I don't have an excuse for, like some of the movies that, you know, previously I said like were too scary or were I didn't whatever. I have been definitely hearing about this movie and this book at least for I I don't even remember the the la- the first time I heard of it. I think it was just like always sort of in the ether for me and I, it was always something that was referenced and I'd heard about and I truly just don't know whatever drew me to it. I I don't know. I I will say though that I knew very little about it. I I mm. the only thing I knew ish was that I thought Whoopi Goldberg was in it, and then I was like, "Am I getting that confused with another movie?" So I was like, not even mm. sure. <laughs> um, and then I was like, "Oh, is it a play?" Um, and had it been adapted to a play at some point? It probably has, you know, over the years, maybe. I think, no, I think you're right. I think it was, the book came out, then a play came out, and then this movie came okay. out. And now there's a musical called The Color Purple, okay. which is, like, based off of the same material. Yeah, like, I had just been hearing about it, and I was just hearing the name. Or, like, you know, you'd hear about it in, I guess, maybe some lit classes or something. But I don't... I think I just recognized the name. I, I never re- recognized any like, oh, that plot points from that movie. So I know mm. what it's going to be like. I truly had no idea what it was, who was in it. <laughs> like I who directed it. Like I knew like nothing going into this. So I don't know what didn't draw me to it before other than like, I guess I just didn't know. And so you don't know what you don't know, I guess. <laughs> right. 
I saw this. I mean, I think that's totally understandable because before I saw this movie and I was frankly quite young. And so this is only now the second time I've seen it. Mm. And it kind of did feel like a first watch because there there was just so much I didn't remember and so much I didn't understand when I first watched it. And this is a heavy movie. I don't know if you had any impressions of it being a heavy or sad movie beforehand that maybe played a role in you not wanting to watch it because I think that's totally legit. Like not everyone wants to watch uh also this movie is long it is two and a half hours so it's not um sort of a quick watch and there's a lot going on in the movie so it kind of what we talked about last week with bicycle thieves this isn't something you just like put on with your friends to like watch for fun right maybe some people do and no judgment there but (laughs) this is a movie that you kind of need to be ready for I i totally agree and it is so poignant But, you know, I don't want to, like, blame society, I guess. But similarly to when we were talking about, um, you know, do the right thing, it wasn't, like, a poignant movie that's sad that, like, you Mm. were sort of pushed to see, at least for me. Um, Like, you know, I mean, Titanic has its other moments. It's not like this. But, you know, another movie that you know, we'd always been hearing about, uh, even though I knew more about it was like Schindler's list. So like you kind of knew what that was about. So it, you know, I, I eventually did sit down and make myself watch that. Anyway, all all this to say, I, you know, sometimes poignant movies, even though you've been hearing about them and you know, they're critically acclaimed and all of this, like you just, you know, something, has to yeah you're right you have to be in the right mood to sort of sit down and watch something if you hadn't seen it before if you didn't know what it was before and I think that's what was I guess so much more difficult for me to like watch this movie versus like let's say uh Schindler's List because Mm. I truly didn't know anything about this plot or anything at all so I you know, with Schindler's List, I was like, oh, I, I understand. Like, I'm ready for that story. I'm ready for that those moments. But I wasn't sure what these moments were mm. going to be with this one. So I can't say that I've, like, been avoiding it over the years. But again, I just, w- there wasn't anything, like, calling me to it until now. No, I think that's totally fair. Also, you know, just doing a Google search, if you wanted to watch, you know, movies about the African-American experience, this isn't one of the top movies that I, f- I found. There's a lot more stuff that is um, showing up that's of, of more recent, of a more recent time, like movies that have been made within the past five years. And this movie kind of gets, I mean, it's there like within lists of, you know, from I- IMDB or even Wikipedia, but it's, I found that interesting that it's not always in the conversation when it comes to films or even just art about African-Americans or the black experience in America. And I don't know if that's because it is three and a half, uh, 30 plus years old, or if that's because it's directed by a white man, which I think we'll talk about later. But Mm -hmm. I can understand why you maybe sought other things out. And this wasn't in the forefront when you were seeking other movies or just consuming other, other kinds of content. So I can, I can understand, I guess in a sense, I feel like this movie sort of gets lost in the sauce when it comes to movies about the African-American or black experience. I 
think that that's, it's interesting that you say that it's not on, you know, all these lists because to me watching it, um, yes, it obviously does touch on racism and not lightly, but mm-hmm. it, it it's definitely there and, and permeates throughout. But I, I felt like it was more an individual story mm-hmm. and maybe not even that, like maybe, you know, there's a lot of women in that time um, who had gone through like, you know, versions of this, you know, I'm saying particularly um, African-American women, but I, I, I think it's more about the uh, experience as a woman in that time, um, mm. not necessarily about sort of the black experience as a whole. Again, we're saying this as two white girls, so we, you know, obviously don't know. But um, to me, it seemed more about, it was almost like a, felt like a girl power movie. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but like I was so, not not having any prior knowledge of what this was about, I was so like in love with like, all of the women in this movie mm. and I was like it's really about these women in this time and yeah and how um black women were um getting by in different ways in this time again it's you know not everyone but it focuses on certain elements of maybe certain people's stories so that's what I took from it so I didn't see it as maybe like about the black experience as a whole in that time but I think it mostly focused obviously, but on women's experiences. Right. And it's interesting you mentioned that because depending on where you look, the, you know, summary for this movie either mentions only, you know, singular, like a black Southern woman or, you know, Celie, blah, blah, blah. blah. Mm-hmm. Or it mentions, you know, a story about women in the deep South facing adversity. And so it will either include not naming specifically, but it will either include what we now know to be Celie, Sophia, and Suge, sort of like the three main mm-hmm. female, and maybe Nettie too, you could argue, but she's not in yeah. the movie, or she's not mainly as focused as the other three. Um, so it, it either includes sort of all of the main women, or it just, you know, includes um, Celie. So, but I agree, I think it's mainly about all of these women that it profiles, but she is the main character and she is the protagonist, the one that you are, um, you know, you sort of are on this journey with the most. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I don't, I've never read the book. I don't think you have either. Me neither. I think it was talked about in our school, maybe middle school, maybe in high school. I, I remember it being referenced when we were reading other works by Toni Morrison and Maya Angelou. But um, it was never required reading, at least for the classes that I took. And yeah, we never same. watched, you know, we never watched that movie because we never read the book. And that's usually what happens. You read the book and you like watch part of the movie if, <laughs> right. if one was made um, or like a mini series. But I, I don't know about you, but I'm now tempted to read that book, read The Color Purple. It does seem like there's more in that than the movie included. And that's something, again, I want to talk about later once we talk about the Steven Spielberg directing this because there was some stuff mm-hmm. I found out about him directing that relates to the content of the book. But hold off on that for okay. now. So now that you have seen it, what do you think? I mean, I really loved it. I think I think because I had no knowledge of really what it was about, I weirdly was like pleasantly surprised 
pride. Like, mm. obviously, there's it touches on a lot of heavy things, but I just was so, like, like taken away by, like, the performances of um, you know, Whoopi and Oprah. Like, I didn't know Oprah yeah. was in this. So when she showed you up, I was like... didn't know Oprah was in this? No, I didn't know. I, I, like, barely knew that Whoopi was in this. I, like, completely, like, had totally not realized. And so when she came on screen, I was like, wait, what? And just her character, we'll get into, is fantastic. But, I mean, thinking on it now... I like have a I know it sounds weird but I have like a warm feeling as I think about the movie. I guess just mm. I'm thinking on like the later parts but also just yeah. again like how like this like sisterhood kind of like helped each other mm-hmm. and I really like those parts like really just got to me and I I don't know if I was expecting that. I don't know what I was expecting but I don't think I was expecting that. And I just (laughs) loved like the sisterhood aspect. And I really like fell in love with the movie because of that. Juxtaposed, obviously, like it's with the like rough stuff. But, you know, about these women and it is a beautiful story, like about their like perseverance and Mm -hmm. just, you know, how strong they are. I mean, it was great. So I really liked it, and I would definitely tell people to watch it for sure. I concur. I that was that was the main thing for me watching it. Even as a kid, I was struck by and touched by the display of sisterly love, mm-hmm. and I very much identified with that because I have an older sister, and that's my only mm-hmm. sister. Um, so pretty sure it's just Nettie and Celie. At least those yeah. are the, you know, if they have any other siblings, they're not depicted. They kind of don't matter. It's this relationship of these two sisters that is the forefront mm-hmm. of the movie. That even as a kid, I was, you know, relating to. And mm-hmm. however, it's been like 15 years uh, since. Like, I still get pings of like, wow, I... I could see my sister and I like playing in a garden field as well, uh, doing handshakes. And and I think too, just that sense of innocence and freedom and just being young and not knowing the horrors of the world. Yeah. Also, so I, yes, I can relate with the, the, with the sister relationship. It is maybe not so much anymore, though it's still sort of rare to see black women, African-American women being the stars and the protagonists of a mainstream movie like this. That is, I think, important to see. Um, and there should be more of that. And it's, again, about their lives and their struggles and how they're able to persevere, like you said, um, which I think is really important. It's, it's sort of a lived, like this movie is sort of lived in and the characters do feel lived in. And yes, it's a two and a half hour movie. So like there is time for them to be developed, like for them to be developed and for the story to, yeah. to go in this route and, and that direction. But um, it's, it is, I mean, it takes place over four decades. So it's nice to see sort of more or less the entire scope of, of someone's life, especially an aspect of life and a part of life that you and I have very little um, relation to. And like that, I think is right. important that like we are getting a chance to, 
I mean, obviously this takes place in like the early 20th century. So nobody right now really has relation to that, but there are certain things that nobody now can relate to. Right. But I think it's, again, just important to consume and absorb different films that portray different aspects of life, different time periods and different kinds of people, because that does help shape your, your own opinions on things and, it's good also too just to get out of your own bubble. It's nice to see things you can relate to. And like we were just talking about, we can relate to certain aspects in this movie. But for the most part, it is a mm-hmm. new world. Um, and I think that's important to watch and consume. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever really seen another film that is a, uh, that takes place in this time that focuses on, you know, like you said, any part of the black experience or just, you know, Mm -hmm. any individual's story from that time, because I feel like, you know, it sort of, it had almost become like a bad cliche at some point. It was like, okay, like it's like either a slave movie or like, I don't know what else. And so like, to me, like this time period is like actually really unique in that like, you don't get a lot of that from the black experience. I mean, you know, a lot of, you know, early 20th century things take place, you know, in terms of stories that we've seen for white people. I mean, you get like, you know, Titanic, you have, uh, I mean, these aren't Americans, but you have Downton Abbey, which takes place like early in the 20th century. It's like all of these things where you're like, oh yeah, I can like see that and see that. And again, like maybe it's just because we, you know, haven't explored enough of it. Um, but to mm-hmm. me, this was, like, a very unique, like, time period and unique, like, group yeah. of people to be, like, focusing on. And I was, like, also really interested in that because, I mean, maybe we can get into it at some point, but – and maybe this will tie into, um, you know, the director. But, like, I was kind of eager to – when they were listing the time frames, I was, like, eager to see, like, oh, how are they, like, dealing with, you know, the white people in this town and, like, why mm. does it seem like – that's not really a thing yet. Like for a while it like kind of wasn't being shown. So I just, um, I don't know. I just thought that this highlighting this like unique time, like, you know, not directly after slavery, but enough where it's still like, and I mean, obviously now we know, you know, still those wounds have not healed, you know, from anyone, but like it's, it was so much more raw back then. And like, what did that do to families? Right. What did that do to, um, you know, the everyone's children and like, you know, yeah. So it's just interesting. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, I mean, I'm down to get into the director stuff now, if you want. Sure. So what I, sort of thought before we were going to record this episode and like research confirmed it. And by the way, I did only so much research. (laughs) I did look up in a journal on a journal website. Um, I was going to see if I could find any articles um, about this movie that we could maybe talk about, Mm -hmm. but there is a lot actually out there that I will probably read on my own. I'm happy to link those articles to um, our Instagram uh, if people are interested too, but Point being, we're not that podcast where we can like break down, you know, film theory or feminist theory. We can try, but 
there are other podcasts for that. And I didn't want to take up all of our time discussing those themes, though they are important. Um, my point, though, is just that there has been a lot of stuff written about this movie, of course, in academic circles and also just, you know, in pop culture. But one of the mm-hmm. um, and so one of the main things that is talked about and criticized or has been criticized is that this movie should have been made by a black director, an African-American director. And it wasn't. Yes. It was made by Steven Spielberg. And another criticism I read about was that in the book, it seems, and I haven't read it again, the relationship between Suge and Seely is played out much more in depth. I think they have a sexual relationship. I could be wrong, but it more than just a kiss, okay. ha- more than just a kiss happens between the two of them in that story. And I think their, their relationship like develops much more. slightly implied. Yeah. Well, and that apparently but... was something Steven Spielberg was shy quote about quote unquote shy about. Mm. I don't think he felt, I, I can't speak for him. Of course, I don't know him, but it seems like he didn't know how to approach that. And maybe tackling this work, which is already, about again African Americans and you know of a time and place maybe he already felt like I have a big challenge to try to depict this depict this as truthfully as possible I don't, I'm not sure I can have this on top of that maybe that wasn't the case but he stated somewhere that he wasn't sure how to approach it and so just made it very um you know also, I think the rating was part of it, too. Like, I, they can only show so much if they were going to have the movie be rated PG-13, which makes sense. Right. But um, there was some criticism that, you know, yeah, he didn't portray their relationship really at all or to the extent that it's mm. in the book. Were there any other... I, I know you said you did, like, not, you know, super in-depth research, but, like, do you know if there were any other, like, call-outs for him? I guess just because I... <sighs> I, I I do see that, like, for leaving that out, which I didn't know, you know, it had been more so in the book, but I wanted to see more of it because I loved yeah, their I relationship. And I yeah. I was, like, sad that they kind of just were like, oh, you get this moment and then, okay, bye. Yeah, I, I guess I, I'm sad knowing that he could have done more, but, you know, I don't want to be that person, but I feel like I always am when I'm like, it was the different time. Like, <laughs> I know that's not that's not a good like cop out, but I I guess I just I get it a little bit. Like that wasn't really shown a lot. Wrongly so, but wasn't really shown at that time. Um that's just a fact. So I can see where Steven Spielberg wouldn't have decided to dive into that. Um, And then also weirdly, like I, uh, the thing you said about him being like shy of other certain topics, like I don't know how much other, uh, how many other scenes of like racial conflict are depicted in the book, but I I think like, I think there's like some in here Um, and I don't know. I don't know if it was just the like guys that they cast for these white men or whatever, but like it just felt so like almost like 
cheesy. Like, or yeah. maybe it's just because I think it's maybe it's just because I think it's so ridiculous to talk to anyone like that or treat someone like that. But I was just like, what? Like, it almost. I know. I I don't want anyone to take this the wrong way. It almost seemed like comical like it seemed like someone was like i did you get no, that vibe at all like i, I kind of like, whoever did. they the actors were like being we- like n- the white actors were being weird i don't know it was a bit much and i can't yeah tell if that's just like this is a big budget movie i mean i think 15 million was a big budget back then maybe it wasn't but i can't tell if it was just like this is a big budget movie let's really go for it like everybody bring it and like some people just went way too overboard <laughs> but or if it was um this, that's really how they thought i mean and again we don't know but i agree it was just a little a bit much it seemed a little overdone yeah i mean yeah because i i actually think he did a good job of um letting the subtleties in everyone that was on screen like letting the subtleties like lie um just in like people's glances and like you know right he was really like he he would let it sit so and i know it's not about like the guy who owns the shop and maybe it is supposed to be ridiculous i just was like and maybe it's good that i'm uncomfortable we should be but i was like what <laughs> like the, that like took me out of it almost because i was like this almost didn't feel like the rest of the movie has such like almost like raw, like real emotions and like some parts mm. are cheesier and some parts are dramatic, but like, cause it's older, but those parts in particular felt so like it almost didn't seem like they were giving those scenarios enough weight. Maybe like, I don't know. Maybe I'm not making a lot of sense, but like, did they feel weighty to you? Like the delivery of like the aggressors in those scenes, like did not feel real. They almost seemed like they were like joking around about it. I don't know. I no, I think I get what you mean. I, it honestly, there's maybe a handful of scenes um, where the main characters interact with white people. I think yeah. literally maybe like three or four. Yeah, there's um, not many. Right. So Which I was surprised about that too. I was like, oh good. It's kind of not yeah, I was about that. Pleasantly surprised. Like obviously we know what time period they're in and that they're facing racism, whether we're seeing it on screen or not. But I'm glad that most of the yeah. movie wasn't about that. It's unfortunately a part of it, but it, it kind of has to be again to sort of clue you in on like what's going on and and what kind of world they're living in at that time. But for the most part, it's really just about you know Celie and their Shug own lives, and, yeah, right, their own lives, which outside of racism have their own have have other struggles. So it's not just that; it's other things too. So I think because yeah. there's only a few scenes maybe it's like let's really show like blatantly how racist these white people are and so maybe that's why it feels a little bit kind of comical because it's just like the few times we see them it's just very obvious that they're raging racists i don't know if that's sort of what you're feeling or what you were thinking yeah i mean i was definitely like obviously uncomfortable in terms of like 
oh, that's awful. Like, you know, no one should be treated that way. Right. But it it felt like, especially also like the direction of the scene where, um, you know, the mayor's wife goes up to Oprah and her kids and like, um, or so Miss yes. Sophia and um miss millie and then, like, she's all these awful. people like go around her in a circle and like i understand how the beats of that would ha- would happen in real life but it almost seemed like they were making it too theatrical or something mm. like that seemed like a scene from the play that someone would have choreographed yeah whereas like i'm yeah. like i'm like this is this feels too choreographed like maybe the direction was off and i was like it needs to be a little more like raw or something like i don't know and then like it felt weird that like the policeman just comes and like bops her on the head like it almost felt like the scene in bicycle thief where like the the priest like hits him on the head i was like Mm. that almost felt like a weird (sighs) comical moment in the way that he was just like oh don't and then she like falls but i was like even if it would play out that way I know this sounds weird, but I was like, it would be more aggressive. It would be more, like, raw. It would be more, I don't know. Maybe I'm, like, reading. I don't know. Maybe I need to move on from this. No, I I, I can agree with that. I think it did feel very staged in a way that, yeah, yeah. It, it feels more like you're watching a play and not a movie. I do think that scene in particular. Though I have to admit, I found that scene to be quite anxiety-inducing. I was very nervous for what was going to happen to... Um, Sophia because I forgot what happens yeah like I know what happens later but I just forgot that like that's what basically ends that scene is the police officer hits her which is pretty disturbing but um, I just think yeah I agree with you for the most part those scenes were uncomfortable of course but also they didn't they were a little out of place with the rest of the movie just in terms I think of emotion and pacing I guess it just felt like other moments in the movie that carried a lot of weight like when when Alfred is chasing Nettie like and they go down those two paths which I actually thought was an interestingly shot scene like the way that that's through the trees and then he comes off the horse like my heart the whole time I was like oh my god oh my god that was nerve-wracking like the way that those scenes are taken it felt like those scenes had a different like type of feeling and different direction um, than those other scenes that like should have held more weight, but they mm. didn't. Maybe I wonder, that's what it is. like, I wonder too, if it's like a more intimate scene, like there's only two people we're watching in this moment versus like that's a, true. a crowd of people. Um, that's true. Maybe he doesn't do well with crowds, I guess. Cause like, I'm thinking back to like the, or like, <laughs> the a lot of the like juke joint scenes or the like like the fight scene that i guess felt very like playish or like mm. um uh the scene at the end where they're all like singing you know walking along to the church oh yeah i guess those can feel a little sometimes when there's a big crowd it can feel a little like oh we're putting on yeah. a show like the moment the weight of the moment gets like lost a little bit i no i agree with that i actually Maybe do that's think that's what it is yeah and now I'm like, was the musical made before this movie? I I should have <laughs> clarified that at the beginning. I'm sorry, everybody. But <laughs> I think we can both agree. Not, not every scene flowed as well as others. 
I think I kind of overlooked that stuff just because again, it was like, there's only a couple and I'm kind of like, I don't really yeah. want to keep seeing <laughs> these like white races. Right. Also like Miss Millie is literally insufferable. She's awful. That like, again, another oh heartbreaking God. scene was the Christmas um, reunion with um, oh Sophie God. and her family. That was, I was like, it's lingering too long. Like, why haven't we cut away yet? And then I realized I'm like, oh she's not going to actually stay with her family. She's going to get pulled back into the car with Miss Millie. She's okay, awful. So when she, when she drops her off and she's like, I'll drop you off and then I'll drive back. Cause this is obviously for those who yeah. don't know, I guess we're referencing this scene after Miss Sophia gets taken um, out of prison after eight years. Yep. We, fucking terrible. And then um, just because she didn't want to be, this lady's someone's maid. made this lady's a crazy ass crazy so then sorry so she's driving like a maniac she's like i'll drop you off and then i'll drive back i this is so mean i wrote down i was like is it mean that i want her to crash okay no same the co- i was like i want her to crash the car then i go oh because then it happens where she like takes her back and then i was like Oh my God! Don't tell me she crashes the car with Sophia in it. Oh, I didn't think of that. But I was like, yeah, I was like, oh my God! Now I just wished for this, and now that's. But, yeah, that that scene was awful, and I wanted to punch that lady, like in the face. And then I had the thought too, just the way that they were cutting, between like outside and then from the viewpoint of the window. I was like, oh my God, she's gonna run through the house with her car. I thought that someone's gonna die. Yeah, I was like, someone's gonna die someone's not gonna make it Mm -hmm. oh my god i i'm glad it didn't go that route and i again can't vouch for the book i mean not that the way it went was great but i was like (laughs) nobody died so right i was like yeah we don't need to see more death uh this movie's already got a lot of heartbreak and (sighs) sorrow in it (laughs) i did also want to mention i forget the exact point you said but there was also some criticism about this movie being overly um, stereotypical. Um, I think specifically of black men, of African-American men. I mean, I, I kind of was like, was thinking that too. Like, I wonder if there's any, you know, criticism of like, this is not the best depiction of African-Americans. Um, you know, the men are being shown as overly abusive and controlling and hurtful. And the women are being shown as passive and weak and victims. But, you know, for most of the movie, well, it actually does say here, um, some critics allege that the movie stereotyped black people in general and black men in particular, pointing to the fact that Spielberg, who is white, had directed a predominantly African-American story. I thought there was going to be criticism on specifically yeah the betrayal the negative portrayal of black men in this movie which for the most part there aren't a lot of positive portrayals even though at the end albert or mr um sort of has a redemption arc or has an arc um and you know because of him nettie and and celie are reunited but like 90 percent of the movie he's like tyrannical he's truly an oppressor i agree that it i i did feel weird about like it it felt like multiple times at the beginning of the movie i was like oh all the men that they're showing like aren't really the best and then 
like that made me go, oh no, like, you know, people are going to see that and like take it a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also don't know how the book was written. So like, right. obviously like, you know, these characters were written at least to some extent like that in the book. Um, but yeah, it felt a little like, oh no, there's not a lot of like good other portrayals. I mean, in terms of like individual characters that we get to know, I mean, there is, um, oh shoot, I forgot his name. The one that Sophia uh, Harpo. marries. Harpo. Harpo. Yes. Okay. So he's one who we focus on a little bit and, you know, he, I'd say is much better than, you know, uh, Celia Nettie's father and, um, his father. And then also all the boys in Sophia's family that were trying to help miss what's her name, you know, figure out how to drive her car. Mm. Obviously those, that's like a nice quality, but like we were only seeing that like glimpses Mm -hmm. and not like, you know, the two, you know, the main, the main man in the movie or at least, and then their dad in the beginning, it's just like, you know, horrible, horrible people. Yeah. So then you're like, uh, that that did feel weird. Um, and then I like, even though I felt weird about that, t- by the end, I kind of like didn't want Alfred to like have any redeeming qualities. I was like, no, she moved on from you. Like, I don't want that. I, I like didn't like that. I don't know why. No, I struggled. But I was like, I was like, they're like so beyond you now, mm-hmm. and and it's good that like you facilitated it. I don't even know. I, that didn't kind of fully make sense to me. I was like, wait, he like went to the immigration office and like I don't know how he did it, but I don't know. I like didn't want it to be because of him. I and I did too. I just, but I yeah. think. Again, we don't know how this book was written, and so maybe it is different in the book, but the fact that they kept going to him towards the end of the movie, they keep cutting to him, you know, there's a couple scenes where he's alone in his house, or at least one scene where he's alone in his house, and any scene that doesn't involve um, Celie outright, it's going to have some kind of importance. So the fact that they kept um, coming back to him and he wasn't out of the movie yet, made me realize okay he's gonna have some role to play at the end of this and it's I think easy as the viewer knowing all of the awful things he's done to Celie and to Nettie and to probably other people I think it's easy to say yes I don't want him to have any redeeming qualities I don't want him to be you know a part of the story anymore because he was so hurtful but in a way I think it is sort of nice isn't the right word um honest maybe that he is involved that he is able to reunite them it's like at least you did this one good thing and i think Celie says something to the yeah. effect of i you know you will be cursed with all the things you did to me until you do me right um or till you do right by me which yeah. i think he then takes to heart by then trying to do well by her by reuniting her with Nettie. Which, again, this doesn't give him a pass. He still did awful, awful things to her and her sister and other people. But you can't totally... I I don't think you can totally hate him. And it makes... Which I appreciate about this movie. It it makes you feel complicated about him as a character, I think. 
because you hate him for so long. And then, I mean, maybe not everyone feels this way, but I felt towards the end of, I can't now completely hate you. I can't just be like one way about you. I, because of you now, really Nettie and Celie have, can have a happy ending when for so much of their lives, it was yeah. so hard and so rough because of you. Mainly. I know. I, I, it's just, a, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's good that it's showing like learning and growing in people and you, you know he then like yeah kind of has a moment of epiphany where he like doesn't listen to his dad and he kind of cleans himself up right but yeah I just was like oh no like I I was so invested in the like independence and the like yeah you know fierceness and awesomeness of these women and I was like I don't want it to be because of him like he yeah, was yeah I totally get that this whole time right um, and again, there was so much to show in this movie. I don't know how, um, much of a lead up, maybe in the book, we get more of a inkling right. of change beforehand. I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, but it felt a little quick. And then I also like, okay, this is just a weird comment, but like, I didn't realize how close like her old house was and his house was. Cause I was like, Oh, they're like right down the street. And here I am being like, oh, she's gotten away. She's free. And then I'm like, oh, she's going back to her old house. Okay. And then I'm like, it's fucking right. It's the farm right next door. Like that would be traumatizing, I think. No? Like I no, I agree. I had no idea it was right there. But I think, I mean, again, I'm just thinking out loud here. I wonder if for her it doesn't matter because, you know, one place yes, she could spend with her sister and had happy moments, but that was also filled with a lot of heartache and struggle and hardship. And then this one is just kind of more of the same, just different people. So I wonder if for her, it didn't really matter where she was because she wasn't happy and she was trapped and she was being abused. Yeah. And now that she can start over because it was always her real dad's, not her stepfather's property. It was always her real dad's and now it's hers. And so she can kind of make it anew. Yeah. Do you think that point about the dad um, was in the book? I have no idea. I would I would think so. I feel like that's a pretty big plot point that you're kind of changing. It felt like they just threw it in at the end, though. It was it, like, it is oh, kind by of, the way, like, I yeah. didn't actually get raped by my father. You're like, good? Like, eh, yeah. like I don't know. I was like, I don't know. That's. <laughs> I guess good. I I think it it must be in the book because then you I mean, are yeah. changing the story almost completely there. So like that then that kind of leaves a lot of unanswered questions. I would think so. I think it's yeah. got to be from the source material. But I mean, I have to say, I think I was relieved to find that out. It's still awful what she experienced and wrong. Yeah. But I think it's sort of implied that it's like, well, these aren't products. My children aren't products of incest. That is nice. Which makes, yes, it's still, you know, they were conceived under horrific circumstances, but, you know, there's at least that, I guess, positive aspect she can take from it. Um, That's at least what I I got from the movie. No, that's, yeah, no, I agree. Well, speaking of Mr. and the stepdad, I'm curious because, I mean, this movie opens with... I mean, that, that opening scene, I have to say, is also beautiful. Like, it's so mm-hmm. kind of, again, idyllic and 
light and literally flowery. I mean, Celie and Nettie are playing and in a field of, yeah. of flowers. Like it's it's truly kind of picturesque. But you then quickly see that uh, Celie is pregnant, and then you're you quickly see that it was a product of rape and of what you think is her dad. So you think it's also incest. So it's like pretty heavy stuff early on and it kind of doesn't stop for the first half hour. There's a lot of yeah, implied, it was a lot. there's a lot of implied sexual violence and assault. And there's also a lot of hitting and other kinds of abuse being shown outright. And I'm curious one, if you want to talk about this stuff and if you do. Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious, you know, what you think of that? You know, do you think it was better that they implied certain things and shown others? Do you think none of it should have been shown or it all should have been implied? All of it should have been shown. Like personally, I am finding myself less and less tolerant of seeing violence displayed on camera um, in any kind of form. It definitely doesn't sit well with me. I understand people are still going to make movies that show that stuff, but I find myself... <laughs> Um, I'm finding myself less interested in seeing that. So I'm curious, again, because this movie, that is a, a, a part of it. It's You have to know her struggles and what she's experienced by the hands of, of these men in order to understand who she is and, and how she's struggling and how she'll pers- persevere through it. I'm curious mm-hmm. how you think the movie dealt with those kinds of aspects. I so quickly before we I dive into that I just want to go back to that the first scene that you mentioned um, because I you know the framing of it is so smart you know Mm -hmm. it's this tall field of flowers and they're playing like patty cake and then they run out of the field and and I go oh my god this girl is pregnant because I was like oh my god how old is she like immediately and then she's fourteen and then you're right the shock value like just keeps hitting you and hitting you and hitting you and you're like oh oh my god but I think because of I think you need to feel that and you need to see that to understand um her story and also understand her behavior and you know Mm -hmm. why she kind of I think Whoopi's performance in this is so good as Celie because she like folds in on herself and she like keeps her head down and like only like her eyes look up. Like it's really great. I thought she did a really good job. I also um, think the actress that plays young Celie did a fantastic job. She yes, really broke my they, heart. I mean, ama- like yeah. she, yes, amazing. I, I agree. Um, so th- sorry, that was the shock value of that, but and those keep coming. But um, I I do think that I think you need it for this story, um, mm. and I personally don't mind violence being shown on camera, but it has to be, I think, serving a a purpose for the story. Yeah. And I think even though th- some things are hard to watch, I think what the amount they showed here is hard to watch, but it's also, I th- I thought it was, again, like serving the story. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of just digressing here for a little bit, but to me, an example of where that's not the case, 
I don't know if you ever saw um, the most recent Tarantino movie. Um, what was it? Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. I have okay. seen that. That was yeah. at the end so di- yes gratuitous and disgusting to me i was yeah. like there's literally no reason why this needs to happen this way too like it yeah. just felt so if anyone has seen that you know what we're talking about and <laughs> yeah. if you haven't um you, you will at some point thing. if you watch it <laughs> but to me there's like a difference between you know that kind of violence and and this kind of violence i think this kind is hard to watch but I personally don't think that it should like never be shown just because I, I think if stories are told in the right way, like, you know, that is how people learn and grow and like learn to understand different things. So I, Oh my God, Miles. Um, okay. I might need to let him out one second. Okay. Sure. 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 I think that's a really good point, though. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that whole last like 20, 30 minutes is just like a gore fest in a sense. And it's like, this is not, I don't find it entertaining. It's also so like violent to women for no reason. Like the way that, sorry, we're digressing everybody, but like the way that like he shows the deaths of women, because there's like a couple men that get killed too. The way that he shows the women dying is like really fucking harsh. It's like really awful. It's bad. Yeah. And I'm like, we all know he's like sick and twisted in some way, but I was like, this is like making me not want to like deal with the, like his films like ever. No, again. same. Like, I felt I... that same way too after watching that. It was very put <sighs> off. I don't know. It was not great. So I, I think we can agree this movie effectively shows the unfortunate violence inflicted on these women to then understand their plight. And like you said, yeah, their behaviors and who they are. And, you know, I, it's awful and unfortunate, but you hear it from multiple women in this movie that they too were victims of incest or sexual assault. I think at one point, Sophia's like her, I think one of her most famous lines is like, I've had a fight my whole life. I had to fight off my dad, my brother's, like, oh yeah, I wrote that down. I was like, "Isn't that in some song? Is that oh, in like a Kendrick Lamar song?" Maybe I it feel is. like it's so good. I mean, he may have like that may have been from something else too, but that sentiment is so real, though. It's clear that this kind of violence and sexual violence that were inflicted on these women was pervasive, and obviously that that stuff still happens today, unfortunately. But um, it was so common, mm-hmm. it, it seems. At least that's the, that's what I took. Again, one of the things I took from this movie that that is, it's affecting all of yeah. these women, um, and so I appreciated that we don't see all of the violence that they have to experience, because I think then you are getting into a, a territory where, like you said, it's how much of this is really serving the movie and serving the audience. So yeah, I agree. I think if, if it was showing, I'm glad it doesn't show all of that because and it it's still hard to watch what it does show, but I it has a purpose, it has a point, and as difficult as it is to watch, it's not ignored. Not every instance is acknowledged, but at the end, it's made very clear 
how Celie feels about all the abuse she's experienced at the hands of Mr. and from her dad and from other people and the abuse that other characters experience from other people in their lives. So it's not addressed all the time, but at the end it does get addressed. And I think that's important. And so it does sort of reinforce that this had a point after all of this, all of the hard scenes we've just watched, you know, it kind of has a meaning. Well, and other than the scene, I think right after Celie and, Alfred are married you don't really see any other non-consensual sex I don't think um obviously you know it's happening there yeah Yeah, which is not good and it's you know acknowledged like you said but I think like if this movie and I'm glad it didn't but like you know that's that's the line I think for me like if it were to be like every single time they like were like no let's show it like we don't fucking need to. We don't. I I think you don't need to no. see it. Like you get that from like what what goes on and 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 um and how also the women are interacting with each other and like protecting one another from these men. You know, it's like um and informing them giving them advice on like certain well, situations right. that's I why mean, that like... moment that scene between suge and Celie is so sweet and so refreshing in I a know. sense of like Ugh. for once Celie's being told she's beautiful and she's being caressed and like touched in a gentle sweet way and like having a connection with somebody for the first time since her sister left and so, like, yeah. it's kind of heartbreaking because she's telling her, like, all the abuse she has suffered from and still does from uh, Albert. It's why that moment is so sweet and tender, but also kind of bittersweet. And so it's just very, it's, it's more sweet than I think not. But I'm glad that it becomes a positive moment for her out of one that was pretty, I mean, that overall, the scene is a pretty, like, positive scene. But I'm glad that, like, that conversation gets turned into something positive for her. Yeah, I wasn't sure what they were going to do with the character of Suge right when I, you know, she was introduced. And I was like, oh, because I, I, I had guessed that she maybe liked the woman in the pictures and whatever. And she was like really excited yeah. to see her. And then I thought that moment was so real when she like goes upstairs to try to fix her hair. But she was like, oh, shoot, I have yeah. mud on my face. It's like, what? And then... So right off the bat, like the first thing that Suge says is like, oh, you're so ugly. And I was like, oh, no, like this is going to just be another like horrible thing. And then the idea that she turns into this like really great sisterly figure for um, Mm -hmm. an almost like girlfriendy figure for Celie is just so nice. I I, I like that that like relationship kind of blooms. Yes. I just it was. It was fun pun, to watch. Pun I intended. Mean, yeah. <laughs> I hate to bring it back here, but I, I am curious because this is something I couldn't quite figure out. But why do you think Celie tells Harpo to beat Sophia? Do do we just think it's because that's all she's experienced and it's she's been so affected by it that maybe it will, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, beat down literally and metaphorically speaking Sophia to sort of get into place and and shape up 
Yeah, I I don't know. I think it's one of those moments where like she doesn't really yeah. know. Like like um he's I don't think any man he Harpo asks her like what to do about her, right? And I don't think any man has ever asked her anything like that before. And um you know, I don't think any uh, other than maybe Nettie once upon a time, like I don't know how many people had been coming to Celie for any kind of advice. So that the idea that mm-hmm. like her stepson, right? Like yeah. is kind of coming to her for advice of any kind. She like doesn't know. I feel like at least she doesn't know what to do. And she kind of hesitates and, and thinks about, Oh, well, I mean, this is reading a lot into it, but I, I got the sense that, yeah, it was that she, that was all that she knew in terms of how a man deals with a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and how men have treated her and any other woman that she's mm-hmm. seen. And then also she, it might've been a little bit of like telling him what he wants to hear. Because if she says like, just leave it alone, like that's she, she, he might go tell Alfred and, and or is it Alfred Albert? Am I Albert? I don't know why I'm getting confused now. I'm pretty sure it's Albert. Have I been saying Alfred this whole time? It It's Albert. Good. Okay. I don't think you've been, I think I've been saying Alfred. I don't think though. you have. I feel like I would have picked up on that. Okay. Um, I wonder though, cause I don't think in the scene prior, it's just between Harpo and Albert and Albert says Peter. I don't think Celie is there for that, but I wonder if when Harpo then asks her that same question, I think sort of what you were saying, it's like, that's what she knows, A, because she's experienced that, but she knows that's what Albert would say to him. And if she already knows that he's been asked that question, then it's like, well, I don't want Harpo to know that I told him not to, so I should just say this because that's what Albert was telling him and he'd want me to say that too. I wonder if it was maybe a, f- coming from a place of this is just what I should say, even though I know it's wrong. Yeah. I got the sense that she was conflicted mm-hmm. about it. And then especially when um, Sophia comes yeah. and confronts her. I love Sophia. I did too. This. That's a great I, scene. Yeah. But yeah, when, when she was like, you told him to right. beat me. And then the, the idea that, I mean, domestic violence is not funny. Um, but anyone who watches this movie in the context of, you know, Oprah's character who tends to be a little bit of comic relief in this film, um, then like rushing through the cornfield and then also being like, oh, well I punched him right back. Like that's, I mean, I, I love her character for that, but I don't condone like anybody beating anybody up. Well, I, it actually, that that brings me to another question I had of, there were some (laughs) scenes I noticed where yeah domestic abuse is being portrayed and you're seeing albert hit Celie. i think that's the only real time you see a domestic abuse take place maybe there are other scenes but that's what i have specifically in mind again it's hinted at but like with harpo and right Sophia, you know that's you, occurring you see but you don't see it um yeah i think you see like the after effects of it um mm-hmm. but there were a couple scenes between albert and Celie where there's like upbeat music being played in the background. Like the score is, is, is on and it's, 
it just the juxtaposition mm. doesn't work in a way that it's trying to be ironic. Like it's not, this isn't that kind of movie. Um, it's not like a, a Scorsese mm. movie where like absolute violence is taking place and some like Jim and Rolling Stone song is blasting in the background. Like this isn't that kind of film. So yeah. that was kind of jarring to me to see Albert hitting Sealy and then this like upbeat music happening or, 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 you know, coming on in the background or it being talked about openly amongst characters and this music kind of cueing in. It just, it felt weird. And again, I understand that that was, it's being portrayed as being commonplace and like that stuff doesn't get questioned or even get um, addressed mm-hmm. directly until the end, but it kind of seemed in bad taste and it kind of left me feeling a little weird in those moments because it just didn't seem right to have that mm. kind of music being played then. I don't know if you picked up on that or if you felt that way. I didn't pick up on that with, because I'm trying to pinpoint what scenes you're mentioning. Like, I know, I, I know I'm, like, thinking about times when he's hitting young Seeley. Um, I just, maybe I didn't pick up on the music, but, I mean... Yeah, that's definitely something that I'll look for the next time I watch it. And um, I think, sorry, what what was the second part of what you said? No, it was. It's just wanna... more of like it, it's a, a comment. Like I found that weird, but then I'm just curious if you noticed that too. Yeah. Um, and if you had, then like if you thought that was also sort of in bad taste, or if you actually thought it made sense given the, you know, just curious your thoughts. Yeah, no, I just don't know if I picked up on it that. It happens um, like middle end of the movie. But, I I I can't recall exactly what scene, but there's one scene in particular where um I think it's being talked about amongst Albert and other people about hitting um mm-hmm. wives or hitting women and it's like some like sweeping classical music gets play, gets queued up and it's just like oh, I like didn't pick up on that. A lot of the times when two men, or I guess in particular, like when um, Suge's new husband g- gets together with Albert and he's like, they're like talking about how they both had her and like they're talking, that like felt like gross to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't remember. Or the way that um, Albert's dad like, talks about Suge. Calling her basically yeah, a whore. I, and His dad was yeah. awful. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, the men in this movie are hard to are hard to like. <laughs> I know. It's like, other than, honestly, like, Harpo is, like, kind of the only one I like. And, and it's not even a strong liking because he doesn't really mm. do too much. But I, I think he, uh, by the end, has, like, grown into this person who and i think it's implied that maybe he has then like a lasting relationship with sophie yeah i think it's implied they like reconcile Um, and they like if they're not like remarried they're at least running the bar together and have like become a couple again yeah but yeah again it's like he's not focused on that much so in the film at least so um I I think going back to an earlier point we were talking about i wonder if again we're gonna have a lot of what ifs and we're, we don't know for sure because we didn't read yeah. the book. But I'm curious how the men are portrayed in the book because if they're portrayed the same way, then I'd say this movie does a good job of sort of reflecting that. But if 
if the men are portrayed differently in the book, if they're maybe more sympathetic, maybe not as brutal, etc., then I would argue this film is sort of, as those criticisms have stated, it is sort of maybe stereotyping black men in a negative way, reinforcing Mm -hmm. um, negative aspects that they've been associated with for decades and centuries. So that's problematic and not okay. (laughs) But we just don't know. Do you have any like specific comments or quotes, things like that you want to talk about? I think that would be a good time too. Yeah. Or something that I think is, I mean, there's so much in this movie. So like, we don't want to like, you know, go on and on for you guys. But um, something that I definitely want to bring up is um, the, her Seely shaving um, Albert. Oh, yeah. And, which one uh which scene well i guess both time do you think she was going to both times either time any Kill time him? like do you think it really was or ju- was it just that it was framed like that wait what do you mean i think because to me it seems pretty clear in the beginning when she's young she's just so nervous that she's gonna nick him that he will kill her but the second time it seems pretty clear that she's trying to kill him that she's going to kill him okay because Cause both, so the first time I was like, she might be trying to kill him, but like, they might just be like framing Mm. it this way. Maybe, so maybe she's not. And then I thought that the second time too, but I feel like maybe with the idea that Suge like runs to, I mean, again, maybe it's different in the book. I don't know what perspective it's told in. Maybe we get more of an insight into what Celie's thinking. Um, right. In that moment. But because I get like the idea that, you know, he's clean shaven, like pretty much throughout the whole movie, except for when Celie is no longer with him. So I got the I got the sense that, OK, she shaves him like all the time. So it wasn't like she just he asked her to twice and she had the opportunity to twice. I guess like maybe it wasn't shown other times. Um, it was just shown those two times. So, I think I the know. first, I just thought that was like kind of an important. No, moment. I agree. I mean, they show it twice and they frame it up the exact same way, which is obviously intentional and important. Um, and those actually, those two scenes were one of the two that I remembered as a kid. Like they stuck out to me when I watched that movie. And that's like what I recall before watching this for the second time of like those, those scenes. Cause they, those really scared me. <laughs> um again for obvious reasons yeah but I think you see it first because that's her first time shaving him which is I think why he gives the instructions of like you you cut me I will kill you which ups the ante of the stakes the the tension um of her not to make a mistake which she even does nick him and it doesn't end up being he doesn't end up killing her thank god but um I think it's to show just again how um abusive he is and how sort of fear uh how much fear he instills in her but also that like that is her first time doing that sort of chore and routine for him i think the second time clearly she's done this so many other times prior and i forget exactly what the catalyst is but something happens well i guess she's just starting to realize more and more that like this isn't this isn't a good life for her that she has suffered so much and it's mainly because of him and he kind of is the root of all of her pain so if she gets rid of him, you know, theoretically she'd have a better life. And I have to say a part of me kind of wanted her to kill him. 
Um, and I was a little like, I know part of me, <laughs> part of me wanted her to. And then part of me was like, I don't know how she's yeah, going to get out of that's this. That's a different so story don't. entirely. Like, <laughs> she kills him. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's how I read those two scenes is the fear and the, the reinforcement of this is a pretty brutal situation she's in. And then the second one being I've had enough and I'm going to kill you now. Yeah. And I think like the introduction of Sophia Mm -hmm. and Shug into her life, like really helped facilitate that, which again, that's my main like reason why I love this movie so much. It's just that like, you know, how these women like bonded over the years and how like strong they made each other. Um, and independent. Also, so. it's it's a small subplot, but Shug's reunion reconciliation with her dad is pretty sweet too. I know. I again, the, I, this made me realize, like, oh, I definitely want to yeah. read the book because there's so many moments where, like, you don't re- you don't realize, like, why is Shug in this town if she's like such a big right. singer? Like, why did someone bring her into the house by <laughs> wagon? Like. You're like, how does she know? Like, how does yeah. she know him? Like, is it's so weird. I don't even remember the first time that they kind of hint that her dad lives there. Maybe it's the first time she goes into the church and says hello. But you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's more of that in the book. I have like a sort of a general question, actually. But do you have anything more specific you want to talk about? Yeah. I guess just the whole time I was so, you know, enthralled by the story, I forgot about the title. And then obviously you get it Mm. at the end. I don't have the whole quote, but it's basically like it must piss God off when you walk by the color purple and like don't notice it. And I was just like, it hit me. I was like, oh, (laughs) fuck, that's so true. It is. I was like, oh, I get it in the context of this story now. Like and also being that like I know for people who don't know. Purple is Avril's favorite color and my favorite color. It's the best so, color. That's yeah, the only so, reason we decided to do this but, movie, by the way. <laughs> the only reason. No, no, no. <laughs> but that aside, I was like, oh, okay. These women saw, in a sense, each other as the color purple. Mm-hmm. Like, they noticed each other. And they, because of that, they were able to, like, help one another. And I just, it's just that, like, it's that, you know, one person noticed Celie. It's that Suge noticed Celie. It's that one person noticed Sophia. Celie noticed Sophia. Or, like, all these things. So I feel like that's such a good line. <laughs> that's just such a good and line. And message, too. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Like the color purple. <laughs> um, I stupidly yeah. forgot when we were going to find out what the title and the, you know that meaning is in the movie that I somehow convinced myself it meant there's I thought it meant that at sunset, depending on the sunset, you can see the color purple. And I remembered oh. that Nettie said something or maybe Celie said something to each other at one point of like, I look for you at the sunset. They say something about. And so I'm like, okay, when yeah, Celie looks at the sunset, true. she sees her sister. When Nettie looks at the sunset, she sees Celie. So I was connecting the sunset and the color purple and the sister relationship in together. And that's completely wrong. <laughs> but I somehow convinced uh-huh. myself that was what the message of the title meant. But, um, yeah, the actual message is much better. <laughs> also, I <laughs> would love to live in a house right on a field of purple flowers. That seems like an absolute dream. 
I mean, that's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. I, I didn't even put that down in my notes, but um, definitely worth talking about. Did you have anything else? No, I think, I mean, there's so, again, so much to go over and we can go over and over. Um, one thing that doesn't really need discussing, I just looked at it in my notes and we hadn't pointed it out yet. Um, Lawrence Fishburne is yes. in this movie. Yes. And I like, yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, wait, what? Um, again, I had no idea what the cast of this movie was. So like anytime anyone was on screen, I was like, oh, oh <laughs> yeah. like pleasantly surprised. Yeah, no, he was a very pleasant surprise. Um, kind of wish he was in it more, like had more um, speaking lines, but hey, I'll take it. Yeah, but I really thought everyone acting wise did a pretty good job. Like all the main people did a really good job. I thought Whoopi Goldberg, I can't remember the last time I saw her in anything like or that I've watched anything of her in it recently other than this. But I was blown away. And also like the I mean, I feel like this is just such a movie thing anyway. But like the idea that like she's ugly. I I was like. Have we seen her fucking eyes? Have we seen her face? I was like, her, like, they kept, like, the way that she was, like, using her eyes, I was like, how is anyone, like, not, like, mesmerized? I, I mean, I'm sure that's why they cast her, but I was like, what? Like, what? this girl is definitely not ugly. I, I completely agree. Also, <laughs> like, it sounds what? like she was in the Broadway show, and that's how Steven Spielberg. Oh, um, okay. That's how Steven Spielberg found out about her and I think they just cast her based off of that like I don't even know if they held auditions for the role they might have just said hey you're already wow. good at this you know the part be in the movie <laughs> which like works I think she wow I think she does a phenomenal yeah. job and good thing d- doesn't hurt that she's uh right. to look at too <laughs> oh okay well uh I watched something recently besides this that had Whoopi Goldberg in it do you want to know what that was uh, yes. Cinderella from 1997 with Brandy and Whitney Houston <laughs> and Whoopi Goldberg. Okay, I okay, I love that movie. Don't think I've ever seen that. Like we have and to do I think that. Movie. We're gonna add that to season yes. three. Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Please go see it. I know we're talking about the color purple right now, but Cinderella is also a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I. Whoopi Goldberg yeah, is I, in it for like I'm, we're gonna we're gonna add. She it has to like a very few lines. She's got like one song, but she kills it. Um. <laughs> anyway, I just I felt like I needed to include that. I needed to plug it. <laughs> How this movie is long. It's I, I know yeah. we've mentioned that a couple times now, but how do you think it's paced? Pretty well, considering how much there was in it. I I don't quite think there was any times where i thought oh this is dragging um because there's a lot going on all Mm -hmm. the whole movie um but i just kept being i I think maybe i thought at one point i was just like oh wow i've been here a while um and i wasn't sure how many more like decades they were going to go through or what Mm. that was but i i was so like into it though that i didn't i mean i you're sitting there like yes this is a long movie but i don't think i was sitting there being like oh my god how much Mm. longer or oh my god this is dragging on too long i thought it was pretty well paced considering how long it is i think that's just honestly maybe a testament to the editing the direction and 
just, I mean, the content also, like how much there is to go through. Most of the moments had the weight that it needed to, mm -hmm. but nothing felt like super long for no reason. At least to me. I don't know. Did you think that any scenes were dragging on too long? Not really. I think the only scene that I thought maybe was a little long was the um, the first scene in uh, Harpo's bar there, the saloon. Oh, yeah, that I guess did take but, a while. But like, it has like... that important song about Celie, Celie's blues, and that's the, you know... Yeah seen before Suge and Celie have their moment. So it's important. I don't think it obviously shouldn't be in there. It should, but I guess I, it seemed like it kind of was trying to show a lot of different characters and subplots in one whole scene that I wonder if it maybe could have been condensed a little. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess like the fight scene or the one where like, Sophia hits that girl oh, um, like that was like wait I what? forget her name Squeak, <laughs> Squeak yeah or whatever who ends up at the end her name who I love that Squeak. just says like fuck it I'm going with you guys to to Memphis <laughs> I know I think there's probably more probably. about her in the book but I I yeah I guess that was the only one where I was like all right this is taking me out of it a little bit like I mean I guess it's like a Sophia storyline point but I don't know. Because in the movie, you're kind of like, who's this girl? So Who's that yeah. girl? La, 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 la. <laughs> Do you know that song? Wait, I thought you were... Is that the beginning of... Have you seen New Girl? That's the beginning of New no, Girl. No, because I, I haven't seen New Girl, but that's... They're like, who's that girl? It's Jess. No, but okay. This is, no? this is a different song. I will <laughs> find it and send it to you later. Okay. <laughs> but maybe they're... I don't. I haven't seen New Girl in a while. I'm sorry, we're digressing. I. Okay, last question. I think I already know the answer, but yeah. I'm gonna ask it anyway. Do you think this film should still be considered a classic? Absolutely. Yes, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. It's has all the emotions. I laughed. <laughs> I also cried. I fell in love with characters and I hated characters with a passion. I mean, it's got it all. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's by no means a perfect movie, but it's a really well, it's a good film, I have to say. And just again, the story, you know, from Alice Walker is so poignant that like, there's no way that that can't hit you. And at least to me, I, I enjoyed like, getting to know these women and these characters and, and like follow their journeys. And I thought that honestly, I, I thought that Steven Spielberg, other than those oh, few points that we pointed out, like I thought he did a pretty good job. I really, I really do. Yes. I, I agree. This movie is not perfect, but I think it is important. I think it is, a very good movie by all accounts and it's a hard watch but it's also a rewarding watch like yeah not at all to compare my struggles to what Celie went through but you kind of do struggle as the viewer if you have any sort of empathy or compassion or feeling you struggle through those scenes of yeah. of abuse that she experiences and then you are kind of rewarded at the end like she is when you get to see her have her happy ending more or less with her sister and living with Suge and, 
and Sophia and Harpo being there, it's, it is worth the watch because while it's hard at times, it is, these are such interesting and sweet characters that you want to stick on that journey with them. You want to see what happens next. Yeah. I mean, I, I really loved, I fell in love with this movie and honestly I'd watch it again pretty soon. I think just to like, see if there was anything I missed and I know we mentioned this before but you know we're sorry you guys we couldn't can't, we can't always talk about everything so I mean there's definitely important stuff we missed but um yeah just uh you might have to do your own like movie watch of it and talk about it with your own <laughs> friends <laughs> because we cannot keep everyone here for like more I than think if hours, our podcasts so. <laughs> end up being the length of the movie themselves which we've probably already done like that's Oh no my one will God. listen to us, so <laughs> we have to... Yeah, no, we're not trying to be that yeah. podcast either. But I, so. again, I'm probably going to mention this for all the movies, but it is hard, I think, watching it alone. I think I would have maybe... Um, mm. Not. I don't want to... S- well, I kind of watched it alone. David was mm. in the room, but I, he was on his computer. I, I was watching it by myself. I, I mean, like, I, I do really like this movie. I just felt so sad at points that it's like it would have been nice to have like somebody there to be like isn't this said to either to like confide in or like weep with or to tell me that it's it's not so sad but maybe that's just me um also it seems like we're both gonna read this book so maybe we'll do a follow-up like (laughs) we've read the book and now here's what we think of the movie since reading it i don't know yeah, we'll, we'll do it in one of our yeah, chats. Yeah, I'm glad the movie's inspired us to read the source material. I think that's kind of rare. All yeah. right, well, I think that wraps up our conversation on The Color Purple. Again, there is probably stuff we missed. We haven't read the book, but we're going to. Mm-hmm. But I think we can agree. There yes. will be an update on that. <laughs> Don't know when. Maybe season whenever <laughs> yeah. we get around to it. No, no, we're just so bad at reading. I, I, or I can't speak for Avril, but I know I am like keeping up with. Seriously, books, I. So it might be I keep a while, thinking, you like, guys. We're still in this pandemic. There's only so many good TV shows out there or good movies <laughs> to watch. Um, I'll have the time to just sit down and read, and like I'm finding myself engrossed in new TV shows that are coming out, or reality TV shows, or other movies besides the ones I we're know. watching for this podcast that I want to watch. So it's like. Maybe I'm creating excuses for myself or there's just a lot of good content out there. But point being, I have not read enough and I need to start because <laughs> there's great works like The Color Purple that I haven't consumed yet that I need to. But same. I, I speaking concur. of great content, um, it is Black History Month still. And just wanted to mention some films by Black and African-American creators that I either personally love or that I know have been critically acclaimed or that have been successful commercially and critically just seem to have kind of universal acclaim. Um, mm-hmm. Haven't seen all of them again, but I think uh, if you Google them, you'll understand why I'm mentioning them now. And those are Daughters of the Dust, <laughs> Precious, Pariah. Pariah I have seen and I love that movie we might do that on this show because I think that's a great film Mm -hmm. that is super important probably next season yeah Yeah. that is probably going to be on the docket um Moonlight for sure and Judas and the Black Messiah so good 
Um, I know that movie just came out, but I've been hearing some interesting things. I'm probably going to watch it because I'm just very curious Mm -hmm. about it. I've heard great things. And again, I think these are important movies to watch and have important things to say. Yeah, that's an awesome list. I definitely, I don't think I've, oh, uh, I've seen Moonlight. Yeah, that's such a good movie. (laughs) But uh, other than that, I don't think I've seen any of the other ones on that list. And I... Like, I mean, Precious has been out forever. I definitely need to see that. I will probably watch Judas and the Black Messiah maybe this weekend. And we also know that um, this is coming out on the last day of February. Uh, We're recording this pretty early, but this is coming out late. But, you know, it's obviously never too late to watch this stuff or, you know, just consume all this content. So... And then also, weirdly, March is um, Women's right. History Month. And I felt like this weirdly was a good movie to, like, bridge the yeah. bridge the two. <laughs> <laughs> it's about uh, black women. So there yeah. you go. Perfect right in the middle there. So, yeah, just so you guys know, um, we will actually be taking a little bit of a break. So we'll be posting this. This comes out on the 28th. That's where you're hearing this. Um But we will be taking that next week kind of off on a little break. So you won't be hearing from us until I think the middle of March because, uh, you know, we want to give Avril a little bit of a break. She's moving. (laughs) Um, We want to give her a time to pack and then unpack and just get settled. And this is also kind of halfway through our season. So it just, uh, you know, gets you guys, I guess, excited to listen to the rest of the episodes and also um, catch up if you haven't. So we're really excited about our little break, but also excited about the um, movies to come. I think when we come back, it's a little bit TBD, but I think when we come back, we are going to be discussing Raiders of the Lost Ark and why Avril hasn't seen that. And then we may have a special guest for that episode. You know, we're trying to schedule everything with that. So, you know, TBD, but you'll know more and we're so excited about the last half of this season it's gonna be really fun also there's quite a few announcements this week before we officially wrap two things um one as you guys know we've been throughout the episodes this month we've been providing uh links in the uh captions of our instagram posts to resources you guys can use to um, shop black owned businesses for black history month to help you guys celebrate or throughout the year which would be awesome and then also last week i posted it and um this week we'll be posting it in addition to the um black owned business links we are posting links to um places to donate uh to help uh the crisis in texas so um that's kind of a lot of information but please scroll down in our comments just so you guys can see all the other um, links there and get resources for shopping black and then also um aiding uh everyone who is in need in texas yeah what's happening in texas is awful on top of everything else people we're dealing with because of corona and other things like it's just a mess and if we can do anything whether it's send money or food i think that is very much needed right now for for them yeah and any little bit helps so thank you guys if you choose to um donate um so thank you guys so much for listening sitting through this episode and all those announcements um we will be back in march Please follow us on Instagram at, at seen that pod. 
And you can keep listening to us on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. And please follow us on those platforms as well so you get notified every time there's a new Seen That episode. Remember, we are all in this together. Stay safe, double up your masks, and we love you. And I love Avril. And I love you, Haley. I love you all. I love you, Miles. (laughs) Until next time. Bye. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thank you. Who's that girl? La 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 la. la. <laughs> Do you know that song?